0: Ready? (laughs) Buffalo Bills Game Day on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. All right, here we go, here we go. We gotta
1: have a drive. 23 left, 23
2: left. Will.
3: It's time for the overtime show with Nate Geary. All
0: right, good evening, everyone. Welcome into the overtime show here on WGR. The Bills drop a frustrating one today by a score of 20-17 to 17 to the New York Jets. They fall to two 6-2 on the season. They still remain a half game in first place in the AFC East with plenty of teams nipping at their heels. Welcome in, everybody. 803-0550, 1-888-552-550 are your numbers to call. We'll get to some phone calls here in just a few moments. Before we do that, let me kind of walk through uh, this, what was a very, very frustrating game once again for the buffalo bills josh allen finishes this game 18 to 34 205 yards two interceptions a 46.8 quarterback rating i mean that that that's it i mean five sacks the most sacks he's given i i remember him getting in a single game in, in quite some time and you know this is the second week in a row a team has just run all over this bill's run defense uh 34 carries for 174 total yards 5.1 yards per carry as a team from the New York Jets, Michael Carter finished the game 12 for 76 in a score. James Robinson 13 carries for 48 yards. Zach Wilson also added 24 uh, 24 yards on five carries as well. Just a a miserable day all around. Zach Wilson finishes today a pretty modest 18 to 25, 154 yards in a score. 101 quarterback rating though he just got he got the job done in this game. Stephon Diggs had 10 targets today but only cashed in on five. Had five for 93. In this game, an 18.6 yards per reception average. Gabe Davis finishes two for 33 on five targets. And Dawson Knox on four targets did three for 25. I think the thing I'm going to continue to look at tonight is where is the multiplicity of this offense? Where are the secondary weapons? Where is Dawson Knox? Where is Gabriel Davis? Where is Isaiah McKenzie? Man, it's just that to me is... The most frustrating part I'm leaving this game with is you paid so much money, and this is such a lame point. Just because you pay somebody money, that you're you're obligated to make them part of the offense. Is he not one of your top three weapons offensively? Like, how is this offense if this offense can't be Allen and Diggs? They've got no answers. They they've got no B. Ple- they've got no B game. They've got no Plan B, no Plan C. And when somebody takes away Diggs, which I'm not even really convinced the Jets took Von Diggs away. I think Josh Allen was running for his life tonight because his offensive line couldn't protect. So if you want to tell me or convince me that Dawson Knox was not a big part of this game plan because he was asked to stand as a sixth blocker, I, I might give credence to that. But he didn't. He was going out on routes. They, what they were doing is splitting five wide, and they were bringing Devin Singletary or whoever the running back was in a motion towards the line of scrimmage, sort of chip the end to give them. But I mean, both. I thought Deion Dawkins played played okay. David Questenberry show today why the Tennessee Titans moved on from him. He can run block, but my God, is he a liability in the pass game. I mean, he just had no business and no ability at all to slow down Josh Huff or whatever should get his name right. I think it's Josh. Bryce Huff. I mean, for God's sakes, you got to protect. You got to be able to pass block. The Bills were unable to do that today. We're going to take a quick, uh, we're going to move, yeah, we're going to grab an update real quick here from Derek Kramer.
4: Made some bad decisions to it cost our team. Lots to learn from, lot to grow from, but that's not the uh, standard we hold ourselves to. That's not the ball that we play, um, so lot to look at, lots to learn from.
3: Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills fall to 0-2 in the division and 6-2 on the season overall after their 20-17 loss to the New York Jets on the road. Today, Allen had a rough go of it against the Jets this afternoon. 18-34, of 205 yards, two interceptions, no passing touchdowns.
4: Allen says it starts and ends with him that Buffalo suffered this loss. You know, our defense goes out there, they strain their tails off, uh, get us a, a turnover in the red zone, and I give it right back. That's something, you know, I can not do.
3: Allen did lead the team in rushing as well. Nine carries, 86 yards, two scores on the ground, while Stephon Diggs led the way with five catches, 93 yards. Jets, they were good enough in this one. As Zach Wilson, 18 of 25, 154 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions one week after tossing three of them. Wilson did lean a lot on Garrett Wilson in this game, the rookie wide receiver, having 92 yards on eight receptions, while Michael Carter added 76 yards on the ground and a touchdown on 12 carries. As for this loss, it doesn't affect the Bills too much in the short term. They still hold the one seed in the AFC and the AFC East, but now the division has bottlenecked as the Dolphins and Jets both sit at 6-3 just half a game back, while the New England Patriots are now only at 5-4 as well. Injury report from this game. Defensive end Greg Rousseau left the first half, did not return, though he did remain on the sideline with a helmet on. Cornerback Kyer Ilum injured himself, but did return late after suffering an ankle injury. And Allen himself was seen shaking his arm on the final drive after suffering a strip sack while Buffalo was trying to attempt a comeback. Around the league, Dolphins getting to half a game back of Buffalo after surviving the Bears in a shootout. 35-32, New England getting up to 5-4 after a 26-3 win. Over the Colts, the Lions upsetting the Packers 15-9. The Jaguars come back against the Raiders, that one 27-20. The Bengals blowing out Carolina, doubling up 42-21. And the Chargers squeaking by Atlanta 20-17. Two games going on at the current moment for you. The Cardinals hold a 14-10 lead on Seattle. Meanwhile, it's 7-6, the Rams over the Bucks. This update brought to you by Beagle Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. I'm Derek Kramer with the Buffalo Bills Radio Network.
0: Alright, welcome back. Sorry about that. We just had a little uh, little hiccup, had to get that, uh, that update in. So I'm going to get to some phone calls here in just a minute. Just going to finish a couple of final thoughts on this game as a whole. I'm Yeah, I I don't know where I fall tonight because I think a lot of me – uh, a lot of this is is on the quarterback's shoulders, and Josh Allen wore it. I thought he wore it well after this game. Um, he's got to be better. He needs the help from the offensive line. But this is a game that falls squarely on the offense's shoulder. I thought the defense did enough. They held this team to twenty points. Did they get gashed in the fourth quarter on that final drive? Absolutely, they did. And they need to make some stops on the on the ground. They can't just give up seven straight running plays and walk right down the field from the three yard line. I will tell you that. But but for the love of God, I mean, right at the end of the or at the beginning of the third quarter. You know, they get a sack, uh, what should have been, by the way, an interception from Tremaine Edmonds that gets not reviewed. I thought that the upstairs people were supposed to see plays like that and call that down. Didn't happen on a turnover. So the Jets continue driving. Then the Bills get a sack fumble, and then the Bills give the ball right back. Right after the defense got off the field. Josh Allen is turning the football over at an unsustainable rate. It's been happening since week one, and it continues to happen now. He needs help from his play caller. They need to start building in. Some layups in this offense. I mean, how long have we been asking for this? This goes back to Dable. Like, you can't, when things aren't working down the field, where are the short throws? Where do the RPOs go in this game? They ran it early with success in this game, and then they wanted to throw the football. They wanted to get everything back on one play down the field all game long. Third and five, they take shots down the field. Where's the intermediate passing game? Where's the short passing game? Where's the rhythm? Where are the setup plays? Where are the plays off of plays? Where are the screen passes? So a lot of frustration for me for this team offensively. In a game that was close and you had no answers. You scored six points in the second half combined in the last two weeks. It's just inexcusable. This is a good defense that the Jets have. No slight to them. But give me a break. They're just not executing. They're not getting play calls. And Josh Allen's throwing a lot of turn- He's throwing a lot of picks right now. He's turning the football over at an unsustainable rate. They've got to figure some things out offensively. They've got a, a Vikings defense that's playing pretty darn well right now. Zadarius Smith might be—I mean, might be playing better than any edge rusher in football. They need Spencer Brown back. I just—it's um, was a frustrating, frustrating game to say the least. And and uh, again, the thing that is most frustrating to me. Is not being able to find the other phases of your passing offense. Where's Dawson Knox? You want to talk about Gabriel Davis? I'm good talking about Gabriel Davis. He did not play well today. He has not had a good season short of the 98 yard touchdown and a couple of long plays. His catching, his catch percentage is way down. He's not efficient. When he gets open, he's dropping the football. He had a couple of bad drops today and key moments especially on the last play of the game where Josh Allen hits him in the chest from 70 yards out, hits him square in the chest, and he drops it. Got to have better. They need to find a consistent number two pass-catching weapon. They have yet to find it. They paid Dawson Knox the money to do it. I thought his role was going to evolve in this offense. They use the tight end less than anybody in football. They're 32nd and tight end usage in the, in the league, and they pay in the top 5% for the position. I need more from him, and I need the offensive coordinator to design some plays for him. You don't throw over the middle of the field in the intermediate areas. That's where he should be feasting. You don't have Cole Beasley anymore. Use him. You know, where's the short passing game? Routes to the sticks. Move the chains. They don't need to score a touchdown every time they have the ball. Like put some drives together for god's sakes that's been the that's just been very frustrating for me is the inability to just put plays together piece them together get down the field put drives together i don't want i don't even care about the running game that is just so far down the scale of things i care about from this game would they have won if devin singletary got more touches i don't think so they needed to execute better it's a good defense and I don't think they walked into this game with a whole with enough respect for how good this defense was. They didn't they didn't pivot. They didn't change what they were doing, and they just kept trying to attack the ball twenty yards down the field against a very, very good secondary. Mind numbing. Just mind numbing to me. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We've got a couple open phone lines. If you want to give us a shot? Let's go to Max. Max, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Max.
5: Hi, I appreciate your call. Yep. Uh, no, I, I have a great appreciation for, for really what you just deemed it on there. And honestly, uh, it, it feels like over the past three games, there's been a really large absence in on in the ball over the middle. And, you know, like you said, Knox or, you know, anybody making those routes over the middle where, you know, in crucial times, teams are making those plays and the Bills are really not. And, you know, just really want to lean in on ultimately where is this offense going when it comes to, you know, critical times and critical moments when they want to win games that are ultimately, you know, those those tight, tight games, you know, with the Chiefs or with the, the you know, the, the Titans in years past or, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, to, to try and get – to the AFC top and then get to the Super Bowl eventually. You know? I think, I mean,
0: Max, what you're saying, and, and I think what the question should be, is what is their bread and butter? Right. Right. Like and, what? And when, when 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 things aren't working offensively, what can you go to that you know you can bleed out some drives? And and might I say, Max, they ran a perfectly executed design quarterback run at the end of the first half. Josh Allen runs for thirty-six yard touchdown, and they don't run one more design quarterback run the rest of the game.
6: Right.
5: And and digs, digs. You know, I mean, under ten receptions is 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 just simply not enough if that's going to be your bread and butter.
0: Yeah, and thanks for the call, Max. And, like, listen, the Miami Dolphins, they target their two best players more than anybody else on their roster combined. It is inexcusable to me that you end up not—you have one target to Stephon Diggs in that second half. It doesn't come until until the third-to-last play of the game offensively for you inexcusable get him the ball run RPO RPO was working all all the first half the first two drives they were gashing him it's hard to defend with Josh Allen then he just went back to drop. they put Josh Allen in a situation where he's a sitting duck because they couldn't block like come on where are the design runs I know some games I want to shoot it to the moon but when it when you have a 36-yard touchdown on it in the first half and you don't go back to it and you can't run the football what are we doing come on Drew you're on the overtime show welcome Drew
7: Hey uh you know I uh I you're 100% right what you just said like they're missing secondary and tertiary targets like people are just uh dropping the ball they're letting us down mckenzie i mean i i love i love little dirty i really do but he's not having a great uh couple of weeks here but what's concerning me more a little bit is I, this is two weeks in a row at the end of the game i feel like alan staverin is uh, his elbow and i'm starting to worry about like when he was a rookie he had that elbow injury and they said oh it's not going to be He does, he's not going to need uh you know tj surgery he's not gonna need tommy john surgery and I'm starting to worry about it again. You know, it, his his those couple of those interceptions, it felt like he short-armed it, and that's real concerning. And then also on defense, they definitely looked like they were missing Milano a little bit today. Um, i especially, so. yeah. especially on the edge, especially on the edge, yep. and that running back would get around the corner. So uh, I'm not on my radio, so if you could leave me on for just a minute for your response, but yeah. thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem. I, I would tell you this, um, that for the most part, I'm not worried about Josh Allen's arm. He uncorked his seven, the the longest air yard throw in six years in the final play. I'm not, I'm not thinking there's anything mechanically, I'm not thinking there's anything physically wrong with Josh Allen. I don't think he, sometimes, listen, Mahomes had this game six weeks ago against the Colts. Sometimes your quarterback doesn't have his eight, he doesn't, your, your, your power pitcher doesn't have his fastball. And you need people to step up offensively. The defense did its job. Did they play their best? No. But when you, with this offense and this quarterback, when the defense holds a team to 20 points, you have to win that football game. There's no excuses to me to not win a football game. Your defense stops and holds it offense to 20 points. Never in any scenario am I going to blame a defense who holds the opponent to 20 points. I'm just not going to do it. I I am not concerned about a physical or an injury, physical ailment for Josh Allen. He just didn't play well. And they did not really get a lot of help from anybody else offensively. There was nobody to pick him up. The running game wasn't there. They couldn't block on the offensive line. And he's just a sitting duck. And when you get hit kind of over and over and over again in a game, right? And then all of a sudden, now you start seeing ghosts a little bit. And that's sort of what happened tonight is he got hit so many times he started bailing out of clean pockets. Not that there was many of those tonight. They need to be better on the offensive line, and when they can't block, they got to have a plan B. They've got to. They didn't have it tonight. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Brian. Brian, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, yep, you, you said you saw the exact same game I did. That's exactly what I was going to say is that uh, he started seeing ghosts. Like, he started moving. I was watching with a Jets fan, and it was amicable, but it was – Every single play, it felt like, just from afar, Allen had to move. It felt like every time he dropped back, he was moving. It just The feet were never set, and he's constantly bailing out. And a lot of times we get used to big plays making is, is happening because of that. He escapes pressure. He doesn't get tripped up. In this game, he got chased down a couple times when he got loose. But, yeah, he started seeing pressure maybe that wasn't there. Greg himself will probably have a good mm. um, statement on that. And that's the right tackle just getting collapsed oh, every yeah. single time. And, and I said the exact same thing as you did, man. No Shakir, nothing over the middle. You got nothing to McKenzie. The backs are staying in the chip. They're not affected. They're not releasing. James Cook gets two two targets. And then, yeah, it's digs or nothing. Everything to me is to the sideline. Everything we're looking for miracle toe tap sort of plays and Gabe Davis, if he's not going long, he's completely ineffective. I yeah. think we've seen that this year. Like he is either a bomb or nothing. And yeah. And I don't think they have a lot of great answers for that. This in terms of taking back the middle of the field, if they're not going to get Knox involved because everything with Knox, he's a little gadget play. He's, if Allen runs around, and maybe Knox can get two feet in and he taps it as we go down. But, yeah, there's nothing over the middle. There's nothing that looked easy today. Nothing like if you think the like right. Cowboys Thanksgiving game, Allen standing in the pocket, boom, right down the middle. Nothing like that today. It's all toe taps and miracle plays down the sideline. And, yeah, Allen today, a lot of plays where he's skipping balls. You know, the balls that were coming into receivers, they're having to dive for, short-armed a couple throws. And like you said, I kind of was like the last guy. I'm sitting there wondering, like, what is going on with his arm? And then he uncorks the 70-yarder. Okay, so maybe that's not the problem. But, yeah, a lot of balls where receivers are having to die for it. I think that maybe just is a function of movement. And it felt like the Jags, and it felt like Miami earlier this season where the offense is just discombobulated. Allen's having to move every single play. And by that point, the running game is all an afterthought. All that's just an afterthought. Now we're just chucking. We're out there just chucking. So, Lions got to play better because the Vikings are coming.
0: Yes, they are, and they're a darn good team. Thanks for the call, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, and you're right. Their, their answer today was just throw the football down the field and hope for a to pass interference, and they didn't get it. Listen, you want to complain about refereeing? I hated that holding call on Deion Dawkins. They had, their, they had their flag in their pocket the entire game. That's how I want a game played. That was a bad call at the wrong time. They picked the wrong time to pull the flag out. But that play didn't – again, that was their offense today. What you saw on the last drive, that was their offensive game plan the entire second half throw it down the field and hope for the best there just was no structure there was no game plan no in phase in structure plays to beat how the jets were defending you which was dropping back they blitzed two times they weren't blitzing the hell out of josh allen he was running for they were they were rushing four and five guys couldn't block four that's why the bills lost Five guys could not block four, and Josh Allen just started throwing the football down the field as far as he could because they had no plan against a too high shell that everybody runs against them. Everyone runs this against them. This isn't new. They weren't running super exotic coverages. They weren't running half field, half field. They weren't running quarter, quarter, half. They were just running Tampa twos and cover fours. They were doing exactly what the Bills do to everybody. They have no answers. They see it every day at practice. Lauren, you're on the Overtime Show. How are you, Lauren?
4: I'm good. How are you? Tough loss today, but I thought we needed a little pickup. Um, seems like ever since Halloween, uh, Josh shaved his face and kept that mustache from the great Gatsby costume. <laughs> he's had a rough go out there. I mean, you know, maybe if he gives it a shave this week and grows back a shadow, maybe things will turn around for us next week. So thought we'd get a little pickup.
0: Yeah, thanks for the call, Lauren. Yeah, you know. She's right. Yeah, I listen, I as as a as a stash defender, um
1: She's right. It's it's got to go.
0: It wasn't great. Hopefully, the hope is um in this game. So I am watching a uh someone posted a video from Josh Allen's 2019 season when he hurt his elbow in in uh, Houston actually. That would have been his rookie year uh where he hurt his elbow in um in Houston, and I thought that for a second was this. Yeah, that's from multiple years ago. Sorry, Mike Giardi. Uh, sorry, let's go back to the phone. let to Jack. You're on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Jack.
7: Hi, thanks. Yeah, you know, I'm just wondering if we know when Spencer's going to be back because Cousenberry got his butt kicked today.
0: Uh, I don't know when he's back. I, I he, he practiced awesome. it on a limited basis this week, but yeah.
7: Yeah, because Quisenberry did not look good today
0: at no. all. No. Yeah, he was a turnstile on the edge. Uh, thanks for the call, Jack. I agree. I, Spencer Brown has his faults. He's not a perfect player, um, but he's better than David Quisenberry. Quisenberry is good in a crunch. He's a good swing tackle. I'll be looking forward to getting um, to, to to getting Spencer Brown back so Quisenberry can play the position that they're putting Bobby Hart in right now. Um, but yeah, they. He was a turnstile on the edge today. There's no doubt about that. Let's grab one more phone call and take a timeout. I got a couple of open phone lines, 803 550 1-888-552-550. Are your phone numbers to call? Again, three open phone lines. Give us a shout if you've got thoughts on today's 20-17 to loss. Robert, what do you got for me, man?
8: Well, you know, I got a different take on this. I was more concerned about, I mean, I know the offense had their struggles, but I was really more concerned about the defense today because, I don't know. I mean, I know Frazier gets into this mindset where he just keeps this. I don't know what you call it, whatever defense he plays where he don't blitz at all. But this guy, um, Wilson, if you take a look at
5: his rating when, when you blitz him,
4: when he has all day to throw, I mean, he's pretty diametrically opposed. And I just thought we should have put a little more pressure on him, and it might have might have helped a little bit.
0: They blitzed, Robert. I, I don't have the exact percentage, and I could probably find that. This was not for a lack of trying to get pressure. They didn't get pressure against a mostly makeshift spot-duty offensive line. I mean, they, they're on their fifth right tackle. and You wouldn't know it from this game. Their offensive line, they dominated the trenches today. They gave up 20 points. If the offense scores 17, any, listen, the Broncos averaged 15 points a game through the first couple of games before London, and they won two games. You cannot win in this league scoring 17 points offensively. You just can't. They scored three points in the second half last week. They scored three points in the second half this week. I am not getting anywhere near this defense until this team can score some points in the second half. This has been the third quarter team in football until the last two weeks and they've gone into a hole. Teams teams figure you out. And you have to evolve. And this is the sign right now. This is the moment for your rookie offensive play caller. Can you evolve? Can you pivot? Because teams have film on you now on your tendencies, Ken Dorsey. You've got to be able to get above that. And we're going to see that over the next couple of weeks. There's no doubt we are going to absolutely see that over the next couple of weeks. Tomorrow on WGR. It's Buffalo Bills Football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwestbank.com. Howard and Jeremy will be breaking the game down in the morning. The Extra Point Show with Sal and Joe at 10, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon, Chopin and Bulldog at 3. They'll have Eric Wood on that show at 4. And then at 8 p.m., it's Monday Night Football as Westwood One presents Ravens at the Saints. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio Five fifty. Be sure to catch Sal Capaccio as he takes you behind the scenes on Bill's Game Day with Sale's All Access Facebook Live. It's on WGR's Facebook page, brought to you by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. We're going to get you a bunch of locker room sound on the other side. We're going to continue grabbing phone calls. Looks like the phones are lighting up, so we'll get to you guys on the other side. You're listening to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Welcome back. The Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Erie here live from our entire studios. Bills drop one. They fall to 6-2 and two on the season. Oh, and 2 in the division. 20-17 to 17 to the New York Jets. Let's get an eye on the quarterback. It's brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems. Our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen again in this game. A disappointing performance for Josh in this game. 18-34, to 34, 205 yards. Just six yards per attempt. No touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked five times in a 46.8 quarterback rating. That's got to be one of the worst quarterback ratings he's had in some time now. He went into this week being a favorite for the MVP. I'm sure he may take a step or two back right now. Patrick Mahomes is probably in the driver's seat to win another MVP based on the performance we saw today from Josh Allen. We're going to hear from the locker room here in a few moments. Before we do that, let's go back to the phones and let's go to Mike, who's been waiting patiently. Mike, you're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for waiting.
8: Oh, hi, hi, Nate. I uh, just want to say thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so the thing I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with is uh, I, well, I'm i frustrated with the defensive and offensive lines. I I know in the offseason we invest a lot of money in the defensive line, and, you know, things were looking pretty good early in the season, and they definitely seem to have hit a lull. And as far as the offensive line, it, it just kind of seems to be um, – a just a repeating story, just the, the lack of, I don't know, it just seems to be a lack of physicality. And for a, a head coach that seems to pride himself on that, you know, this inability uh, to, to run the ball, uh, an inability to, to, to protect Josh. And um, I, I don't know, it's, a, it's a, one of the frustrating things. It seems like we can never convert a third and one. It, <laughs> it feels like we, we always have to rely on Josh to use his legs. You know, we, we, we can never – you know, we hand the ball off to Singletary, uh, but there's—I don't know if there's not a hole or if he's not hitting the right one. I'm—you I'm, know—I'm not smart enough to sure to say what's what's going on there. But it's just—it's just very frustrating. And the thing that makes it more frustrating is, is before this offense became what it is now, that 2019 season, that that team was was built to run the ball. You know, and thats how they won games. They—they they ran the ball. They could—you know—they—they. They, Josh Allen was a game manager, for lack of a better term, and they, they won with defense and running the ball. And uh, ever since we've become kind of like this offensive juggernaut, the ability to run the ball effectively uh, just doesn't seem to be there. And, you know, um, I, I know we get excited with, you know, the high-octane offense, but with the football kind of remains the same. you got to win the line of scrimmage on both offense and defense if you want to get to where we go, which is winning a championship. Yeah. So those were those just my thoughts, and I uh, I appreciate you giving me the leeway to express them and uh, appreciate the job you do. I'm here in Washington, PA, and uh, love listening to you and the other guys, uh, you know, talk bills because I'm kind of by myself out here. <laughs>
0: yeah, no worries. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, listen, it's... I, I, when I think of a second and one, I think of a perfect opportunity to, 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 to make a designed deep shot, a whole shot second and one. Cause that way you're, you're still third and one. And as long as you're in, you know, a, a territory where you're close, you could go for it. You go for it. And so I think for me, that's, that's the frustrating piece, at least for me anyways, because I look at it as an opportunity to take a shot as a whole shot and they don't take them there. They just run. And then Devin Singletary, listen, I know a lot of people love Devin Singletary I, I I am desperate to see what they can do with Naeem Hines and James Cook. I'm sorry. You know, like, they're just so limited schematically on the types of runs you can run with Devin Singletary. They're so limited. They don't get – they don't have a lot of options. So that's – now what ends up happening, right, is he can run pin and pull and gap concepts. And for those that don't quite understand what a pin and pull concept is, right, like, think of a down block and you have a a, a pulling guard or a pulling center – and the guy next to him kind of down-blocks, and you get you get that pulling guard coming around. So you essentially get a, 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 a downhill lead blocker as an offensive lineman. And Devin Singletary can run behind that very, very well. That's how he succeeds in the NFL. Gap and pin-pull. But when they run zone, all they did today with James Cook is run outside zone. So now what's going to happen... Much like they changed it up a little bit. The the quarterback sneaks, right? Like the last couple of weeks, we saw the Gabe Davis motion. You're like, okay, well, Gabe Davis is going to walk up behind Josh Allen and push him forward. Well, now they switched it to Reggie Gilliam this week. So it was a little tweak, right? So they changed that. But now defenses are going to look at what the Bills are doing, and they're going to say, okay, James Cook's on the field. Zone, zone, zone. And when Devin Singletary is on the field, okay, gap, watch the pin and pull, gap, pin and pull, and we'll see what happens. I think there's a good chance that Naeem Hines can run both of those concepts, but they're just predictable a little bit. They've been predictable over the last couple of weeks, especially in the second half. But my God, man, I mean, you you end up in that first half having Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs do it all. And then they don't run one more designed run and they don't throw to Stephon Diggs until the last drive of the game. I mean, that's just it. That's, that is incredibly puzzling. It's a puzzling, puzzling game plan in that second half. All right, let's go to Bob. Bob, you're on the overtime show. What do you got for me, Bob?
1: Hey, Nate. Um, I was wondering, you know, what do you think of Roger Godell in this whole NFL going back to the ground and pound, I'm over it. I mean, we saw Larry Zonka, John Riggins, Franco Harris do this, run out the clock, and today the Jets had the ball for over eight minutes and didn't score anything. <laughs> you know, like, shouldn't there be a, a time limit? If you can't score in seven minutes and 30 seconds, half the period, you know, you lose the ball. Yeah, that's the beauty of... I in- mean, it, it's ridiculous. They're, they're trying to keep you playing defense on offense yeah instead of playing offense listen
0: bob that that's when you don't have a quarterback that's your option is you keep the ball away from the other team's quarterback and then what happens is your margin for error becomes smaller and smaller and smaller that's what we saw today is they kept the ball away from the bills offense and the bills got iced out i mean that sky cam breaking the bills didn't see the field for almost i think almost over an hour yeah it's tough it's part of the game though, Bob. It's I thanks for the call. I listen, that is how teams that don't have a quarterback, that's how they stay competitive. Score more points. Force them out of it. The Bills do what they do on offense today. We're not talking about that drive. We're not talking about 8-minute drives. That's part of the game. You got to have an offense that can overcome it. You got to have a quarterback that plays better than he played today. I think full stop. I think that's it. I don't think it's rocket science in that matter. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Let's go to Maddie. Maddie, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Maddie.
6: Hey, uh, hey, Nate. I just want to say, uh, big fan of your Twitter, by the way. Thank you. Um, earlier uh, in the year, when we were looking at you know getting OBJ and kind of dealing with that and looking at that into the future, uh, I was thinking you know that would be a great luxury. And watching them today, especially Gabe Davis, who uh, was a big fantasy disappointment for me, but as well as the Bills, um, I was thinking, wow, we actually might really need him,
8: Hmm.
6: Um, which is not a thought that I thought that I was going to have, but certainly a thought that I'm having now. I mean, our receivers today, just and credit to Diggs, you know, what was it, 93 yards? I mean, that's impressive, but at the same time, Zero yards in the second half. Yep. And I have to think that if he was on that final route, he might have caught the ball. And you can't dwell on the past, but that's just my two cents.
0: Yeah, and you know, thanks for the call, Maddie. The other thing, too, is, you know, if someone else can find ways to get open, you know, take the pressure off Diggs. He can't be your guy every single time down. He just can't. Not even Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has Jalen Waddle, And right now the Bills don't have a go-to consistent number 2 receiver. And you're right. I thought for a long time the conversations around Odell Beckham are luxury. This isn't luxury anymore. It's not dire by any means, but this is not a luxury conversation anymore. The I we don't need Odell Beckham Jr. People, where are you at today? You know where this isn't. We don't need Gabriel. Uh, we don't need Odell Beckham Jr. The the bleep we do, like. They need another guy that they can trust. They need another guy that can open things up for Stephon Diggs. That was supposed to be Gabriel Davis this year. It has not been. He is not consistent. It's why they hesitated as much as they did last year in anointing him the number two. That's why they went out. That's why they got Emmanuel Sanders. Right? And everybody pissed and moaned about Emmanuel Sanders taking his reps. He has that big playoff game. It's boom or bust. There's no level of consistency that we've seen that indicates he can be this number two player consistently throughout the year. Hasn't been there. Simple as that. Thanks for the call, Manny. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the overtime show. Welcome, Mike.
4: Hey, I just want to say, um, you know, I I can't defend anything that happened today. You know, it was a tough game. We had had a really bad past six quarters. Josh Allen hasn't played well, but... I feel like he has shown in the past the ability to learn from his mistakes and grow. And I mean, we have a well-coached team. I I just don't want to, you know, the sky's not falling right now. This is a tough loss, but we're not going to win all our games. I know it's an important divisional team, but you know, the the sky's not falling for sure. uh, You know, I don't want to sound the alarm quite yet.
0: No, I I agree. And the perspective is important. Thanks for the call, Mike. Like I agree. Sky is not falling. They've got, a, a, a game coming up next week against a very good Vikings team who's 7-1. and one. They have an opportunity to get back on the right track. I expect them to do it. But it's hard to ignore the issues from this game. It, I, I appreciate the perspective and I agree with you. They're not, gonna, they're not going 6-11 or whatever, right? But at the same time, get it together. I mean, come on. There's, just, there's a new bar, guys. There's, there's a new expectation for this team, for this quarterback, for this franchise. It is Super Bowl or bust. Full stop. This might be their best window. If last year wasn't, they pissed it away with 13 seconds left. And now you're in probably the final window of having your best safety duo, one of which is out. You got one who is right now fighting through it. This is your shot. So, I appreciate the perspective, but the expectations have changed. Losing to the Jets, who have lost, whatever, 13 straight divisional games, and a quarterback who just came off a game, who had more incompletions than he did completions, and was talked about being yanked for Mike White or Joe Flacco. The X, the bar is risen now. It's... This isn't the 2018 Bills anymore. The 2020 Bills have an expectation that the last six quarters have not been met. I agree, though. I believe they will turn it around. I have a lot of faith in Sean McDermott. I have a lot of faith in Leslie Frazier. And I have faith in Ken Dorsey. But they got to move this thing, and they got to move it quickly. Because today was not good. It's not acceptable. They'll tell you that. I'm telling you that. Josh Allen already told you that. You'll hear from Josh Allen next hour. He wasn't a happy camper, Josh Allen. He owned it, which is what you love to see from your quarterback. It's an important thing to have that accountability from your quarterback. Tomorrow on WGR, it's Buffalo Bills Football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest Bank. Howard and Jeremy break the game down in the morning. Then it's the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown, Steve Tasker at noon, Chopin Bulldog at 3, we'll have Eric Wood at 4, and then 8 p.m. It's Monday Night Football as Westwood One presents the Ravens at the Saints. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. We're going to go to the locker room, actually, and we are going to hear from Bills linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210.
9: team seems to have it going against you
10: and things aren't working is there something you tell yourself if you're trying to turn it around
11: yeah uh I mean I think it's just you got to keep going um you know that's just the game that's just the game of football I mean that's that's life in the NFL Things not going to always go your way but it's just about coming together as a team and just figuring it out and uh just get back to the drawing boards and you know obviously improving on the things that we know we got to improve on
10: what happened on the interception play? Look like you had the ball when you got to the ground.
11: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, man. You know, they they made a call, and you know, I guess we had to just go with it. You know, it,
10: that's, why do you what do you attribute the success they had on the ground against you guys to, especially late in the fourth quarter?
11: Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. You know, obviously, you know, we pride ourselves on you know making the team one-dimensional, uh, stopping the run. You know, obviously, they had success doing that. So it just goes back to us, man. You know, um, hard to tell what it is right now. But obviously they had success, so we just got to improve on it, man. You know, we got to look ourselves in the mirror, be honest with each other, and just get back to the drawing board. I mean, no need to panic. We know we got to get better with it. So, I mean, it has to happen. You know, obviously hold each other accountable. Um, you know, that's just, like I said, it's life in the NFL. You know, things don't always go your way, but it's about staying together as a team and uh, making sure that we're not pointing the finger at one another and, um, you know, just accepting it. I mean, that's just really what it is, accepting it and understand what we got to do and come to practice with a mission on our mind and you know, it starts at practice, you know, and uh, just continue to get better with
9: What were your uh, impressions
3: on uh, Zach Wilson's performance today?
11: Yeah, we just got to do a better job executing defensively.
4: Did you feel that the communication was where it needed to be?
11: I mean, you know, anytime a team has success, um, obviously, you know, it goes back to to, to some things. Um, you know, I think those got the guys that stepped in did a good job of executing, I think the guys have stepped in, did a good job of making plays. Um, you know, when their number was called, did a good job of going out there and um, you know, playing a big time game like today. So, you know, mistakes happen. You know, it happens to you know just to everybody. So, just about learning from it, just about communicating with one another, and uh, not pointing a finger, and just you know, get back to the drawing board. Their final drive, they started with eight straight run plays. When they're having that kind of success and momentum, what can you do when that's going on to try to slow that or, or to stop it? Yeah, it's tough. You know, obviously somebody's got to make a play. Uh, I think that's just what it comes down to, and uh, we definitely got to get better with that. All right, that is
0: Bill's linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, following today's 20-17 to loss to the New York Jets. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. Phone calls will continue on here on the Overtime Show, 803 550 552 550 Nate Geary here in our Amherst Studios. More Overtime Show next here on WGR. <laughs>
12: Josh going to keep it himself and dive into the end zone. He's not going to get it cheated out of that touchdown. He's in this time for sure. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, his third rushing touchdown of the year. The snap to Josh. He's going to keep it and run it himself. Left side has the first down and more. Gets inside the 20, inside the 15, headed to the end zone and he is in. Touchdown. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen just ran it in from 39 yards out. Wow. Takes a shotgun snap, scans the field, pressured by Von Miller, and dropped, and the ball comes out. Back around the 30-yard line, there's a loose ball, a scramble for it. He never saw Von Miller coming, he never saw him. And it's Buffalo Wall! The Bills recover on the fumble.
0: All right, those are your game highlights. Welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. We're a little tight for time. Before we take a timeout, we're going to cut to the locker room to hear from Taryn Johnson. And it's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local
13: 210.
7: That you guys kind of beat yourselves
13: a little bit. For sure. I mean, we didn't execute at the at the highest level that we that we can. And next time we go out there, we gotta we gotta do better. At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying. So we gotta like first and foremost tackle better and and win our one on ones. So yeah.
7: Tell me what you think about Garrett Wilson after seeing him for the first time. Uh, he's a
13: good player. You know what I'm saying. Just gotta make sure that defense is aware of where he's at. And uh, yeah.
7: <laughs> and the connection. Sorry, last one. The connection between Zach and Garrett. Did you feel like that was? Uh, I mean, that was where they were going for most of the game with yeah, the passing. Yeah, game?
13: They, they were definitely going to him a lot, and just making sure that we we have a better awareness in in our matchups. It seemed like
10: they had some success in the RPO game, getting the ball out pretty quickly. Was that something that you guys expected coming in? Uh, for sure. I mean, uh, a lot of teams do RPO on us, so really you just gotta, like I said,
13: make sure we stop the run. And at the end of the day, I mean, the RPO didn't hurt us a, a ton, you know what I'm saying? But they was running the ball. So <laughs> we ain't stopped stop that at all. So just got to make sure we do a better job with that.
14: Jake said that it's a, a similar scheme run-wise to what the Packers
13: did last week. Is there a concern that you know, that becomes something that teams are going to continue to try and do to you guys? I mean, I know teams are going to try and do it to us. But at the end of the day, we just got to make our corrections. It, don't, it really don't matter what the other team do. We just got to execute.
14: Had, on the last drive, was there anything that you can point to why they were able to consistently
13: run the ball straight down the field? Uh, probably uh, our tackling. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Um, we're going to get in practice and make sure that we uh, handle that.
10: There's not, not a lot of losing that goes on around here. I mean, yeah, but you guys know it's also a long season. Can you kind of put it in perspective? I mean, still 6-2, and two, but even though it's a tough loss?
13: Uh, for sure. I mean, it's just tch, we just got to make sure we do better, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's still early, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to go undefeated the whole season. We just got to go back to the drawing board and, and bounce back like we've done before, like we've done in years past, and I'm sure we're going to do that.
8: The quick passing game. Was that something you guys expected them
13: to come out with? Uh, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I, I, I don't feel like that hurt us too much. It was more of the run, the run plays um, that, that hurt us mostly. So just making sure that we do better with tackling and, and things like that.
0: All right, that's Bill's slot cornerback, Taron Johnson, following today's 20-17 to 17 loss. We're going to take a timeout. And on the other side, we'll continue taking phone calls. We got an open phone line at eight zero three zero five fifty 550 and 1-888-552-550 toll free. I'm Nate Geary, TJ Luckman on the board. We've got another hour of overtime show coming your way next year on WGR. Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network.
1: All right, here we go, here we go. We've got to have a drive. 23 left, 23 left. We're do it.
3: It's time for the Overtime Show with Nate Geary.
0: All right, welcome back to the Overtime Show here on WGR. Nate Geary here with you in studio. We're going to take some phone calls this hour. Reset the stage here. The Bills lose 20-17 to to the New York Jets. The Jets... They moved to 6-3. and three. The Jets are a very, very interesting team right now. I like them maybe the, as the second-best team in the AFC East, and right behind them, the Miami Dolphins. I, that defense, to me, was more impressive than what the Dolphins have been doing offensively against, I think, pretty inferior defenses across the league. This was the first opportunity for the New York Jets to really put up a performance against a very good offense, and they did not disappoint. A couple of things I want to maybe point out before we get back to the phones, I just tweeted this out. I I just the the thing that has been frustrating to me is the usage of Isaiah McKenzie. Right, he dominated in training camp. Dominated. He earned the starting spot out of training camp, and they just he's gone. They they don't use him. They don't scheme him open. They don't even try to really get as creative as they were last year. They were limited in trying to be creative with him last year, and they're even less they're even you know like less productive getting him involved this year. So you know Shakir. Give someone an opportunity. They're, they miss Cole Beasley so much, and Shakir is the closest thing you have to Cole Beasley. So if you don't want to use McKenzie, then get Shakir on the field. They need someone that can do a little something from the slot on third down and what whatever it might be. They got to get some other guys involved here. They have to do it. Has to be done. Okay, back to the phones. Let's go to Tim. You're on the Overtime Show. Tim, welcome, and thanks for hanging out and hold.
9: Uh, hey, Nate. Uh, like the energy, there's a lot to be frustrated about with this team. wanted to talk about the number of possessions the team's been getting. We, today, we're in the books for nine possessions. At least four of those were two minutes or less. And that takes me to... Uh, When did the NFL change the rule on stopping the clock for going out of bounds on a reception or out of bounds on anything?
0: So, uh, they will not... Which player are you referring to?
9: All of them. Whenever a player's out of bounds on a reception or a run, they'll stop the clock for one to three, maybe four seconds to set the ball. Then they'll wind the clock.
0: Mm. I, I didn't see that today. I will tell you that one of the rules that if you're going backwards, if you are not moving forward, then it's not out of bounds and the clock runs. But, yeah, no, if that that's the only time that the clock would continue running if they go out of bounds.
9: Yeah, that is what people have been saying for the last couple of weeks that I bring it up. Watch it next week. Watch it in any other game. They're not stopping the clock when a player goes out of bounds unless it's under two minutes. So
0: that oh, unless it's under two minutes. minutes, that that's right. That that's how it always is. They the, the clock does not stop outside of two minutes, regardless uh and I'm I'm even pretty sure at all in the third quarter, even inside I think two it's minutes.
1: Five minutes in the fourth quarter.
0: Five so. minutes in the fourth quarter, but in the third quarter, I don't believe it stops at all. It no. stops, and then to your point, they set the ball and it starts again. And then inside two minutes of the of the second quarter are the only times that the the clock will stop when the ball goes out of bounds.
9: Oh, maybe I'm a few years behind on some rule change. <laughs> no,
0: no, I, I, I think it, it's, it's a fair question. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that it was an actual rule change. Thanks for the call, Tim. Um, but no, that, that, that's just a, a small detail. I, I was a little, I was confused on what you were asking too. So now that I understand a little, bit, um, a little bit more of what you're talking about. Yeah, no, the only time the clock officially stops when you go out of bounds and you're going upfield is inside five minutes of the fourth quarter and inside two minutes in the second quarter. Thanks for the call, Tim. Let's go to Brett. Brett, you're on the overtime show. Thanks for calling, Brett. What do you got?
12: Hey, Nate. Good show as always. Thanks, man. Um, just trying to echo everything you just said like, after the break coming back. Just Mackenzie, I, I get he's funny, and he's a fan favorite. And he's got all the karaoke and stuff every week. But, like, he is purely a gadget player. I think, like, all the fans that intricately watch these games, like, know that. He is good on jet sweeps. He's almost unstoppable on jet sweeps. And, but, like, last year at that New England game was, like, such an outlier to me. Um, I totally agree with, like, missing Beasley. I know that, you know, he says some things that fall out of favor with fans and whatnot, but the guy was just a, just such a great football player for Josh. Um, at this point, I just want to see Shakira, like, out there, just gain the confidence, put him in the slot, um, you know, try to have Heinz come in, get him involved, obviously, in the weeks to come. I know he just got here. Throw Cook out there. I want to see Knox possibly in the slot, if that helps with matchups. I mean – Maybe hopefully we be find Beckham with all the versatility he offers, but I know he has tons of options out there. I just Mackenzie is not a respectable slot receiver by the defense. Whoever we're facing, I just feel like he's not he's not feared by the defense. And I feel like Davis kind of has that from his experience, especially last year. But we're missing that big time, especially with Knox being ineffective. And like one more thing I want to touch on is I just don't think this division is as close as it looks in the standings. Like I don't think anyone obviously comes close to Allen. Um, I would not be surprised if we went out the rest of the season. I know that sounds overly optimistic. I just think sometimes like the best teams need to be humbled. This team still beat Tennessee. They beat Kansas City. They beat Baltimore somehow. And I think as long as we went out the rest of the division, going forward too, two, I think the guy's the limit. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for the call, Brett.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm just as confused, seemingly, as everyone else is about what's going on. How do they find something, find a way to get – some secondary guys going. And it doesn't just have to be Gabriel Davis. They went into the season with Isaiah McKenzie because of what he did in training camp. Guys, I know he's not had the best start to the season. He was, like, head above heels. He was, like, the MVP of training camp in preseason. He was unguardable against this defense in training camp. They just don't use him. Can't find ways to get him the ball. They're not using Shakir. They're not using him. Who are they using? They're they're out there. Gotta find some ways to get guys the ball. Let's go to Ricky. Thanks for the call, Ricky. You're on the overtime show. Welcome.
4: Hey Nate, uh, I'm just wondering if uh, McDermott made a mistake by not challenging that Edmonds pick? Um, it looked like a like he caught the ball. Um, there wasn't a fight at all. It was his ball. His helmet landed first. He was down. It uh, could have changed the whole momentum of the second half.
0: Yeah, um well they got the turnover a couple plays later. Von Miller got the strip sack and then Josh Allen threw an interception and gave him the ball right back. Um and in that moment, what happens is, right, it's simultaneous possession. And that's what they called was simultaneous possession. I don't agree that it was. Um however, it is very, very difficult to overturn. I think they Gene Sterator mentioned during the broadcast that like eh, it looked like an interception to me. But based on not really listen, if they were the home team. That's getting flashed up on the big screen five times, and they're the away team in this instance. They didn't really get an adequate opportunity to look at it, but in my opinion, if the league has the big brother upstairs that changes calls throughout a game without having to challenge it, they should have called down to at least say, We're taking a look at this, or We're reversing this. To me, Sean McDermott's probably not trying to lose a timeout in that, in that situation. It's early in the third quarter. His defense did end up making a stop after that and getting the ball back anyways, but th- that was a that was a tough situation um, on that play, and ultimately, I don't think it really cost them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was an interception. I mean, 100% it was. Thank, thanks for the call, Ricky. Uh, let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the Overtime Show. Good evening, Mike. Mike, you there?
8: Oh, Yeah. What's up, brother? Uh, real quick, I, I want to echo some of the things that you've been talking about. This, this offense desperately is missing a, a receiver like Cole Beasley. Josh Allen needs an outlet uh, that he can rely on on third and short, and they need somebody to go over across the middle. Isaiah McKenzie, listen, he makes plays sometimes, but I just don't think he – he drops a lot of passes too. So, I mean, put Shakir in, and I really think that they should really try to headhunt and go after Odell Beckham. No know uh you know use him right away because he's injured, and then also on the defensive side of the ball, are they gonna maybe look at calling uh, uh Xavier Rhodes up because I mean we're getting awfully thin at cornerback, and uh i, I know Trey's coming back, but uh it just it just doesn't seem like they're gelling without
1: the safeties back there without and high,
0: yeah, listen. I like the way that uh, we, we talked about this earlier in postgame with Bulldog. Like I, I like what I've seen from DeMar Hamlin. Jaquan Johnson ain't it. He is a special teams player. I mean, that that is just... He's a special teams player. And he's hurting them when he's out there on the field defensively. So, Dean Marlowe's got to play next week if Jordan Poyer can't. Um, I want to see... Listen, Naeem Hines in a short week. I was not expecting him to see a lot of playing time today. They need desperately to get him infused in this offense. He's got to get caught up in a hurry. I need to see what Naeem Hines brings to this offense. 100%. Need to see it. So that that's something I'm really, really paying attention to this week. Like, oh, I am paying attention to that. Let's go to Ben. Ben, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Ben.
4: Hey, Nate. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, so I just wanted to say Jaquan Johnson was an absolute liability out there today. I know everybody's been saying that. But, like, I mean, in the games that Dean Marlowe was playing two years ago when he was with us, like, I mean, I feel like I saw enough to know that he was better than whatever Jaquan Johnson has been putting out every time he steps onto the field. Like, it's absolutely unbelievable. Number two, uh, Spencer Brown coming back hopefully will be helpful in our pass protection. Like, just to reiterate the point you made about David Questenberry, yeah, he's decent with the run block, but, I mean, uh, at the same time, I think Spencer Brown is much better in uh, passing sets, and then I I I don't think I've ever been... More in on getting Odell than I have been today. <laughs> yeah, so,
9: and you know,
4: uh, and I was I was never out on it in the first place. But uh, I, what, whatever it takes. I mean, I saw your tweet about giving him a multi. year uh, Whatever it takes. Yeah, uh,
0: listen. I that's a that's the point here. I mean, this is going to be an interesting conversation moving forward with it all, Beckham Jr. Because I think my thought was always one year deal. Have him come in. Leave as a free agent next year. Better than you left. See you later. If the, the, What I heard today from Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, that he's going to be medically cleared this week, and that he's looking for an opportunity to find a team to finish his career with, get it done. Just do it. Give him the term he's looking for. He's looking for three years, give him the three-year deal. Just do it. It's got to get done. Has to be done. You're in a Super Bowl window. Worry about the cap ramifications later. They This cap is going up, 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 up. Figure it out. Thanks for the call, man. Let's go one more call. Then we're going to cut to the locker room here in a minute. Let's go to Teddy. Teddy, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome, Teddy.
12: Yeah, so I, my honestly big question with the Bills is why are we not utilizing James Cook at all? Like, he has so much versatility in the backfield. Like, bring him out of the backfield, throw him out there, throw some passes to him. He leaves, like... Naim Hines times two, in my opinion. I mean, we we spent a second round draft pick on him, and we're not using him.
0: Well, uh, there, I would say they probably used him more today than they've used him the last two weeks. They've used him, I think, a lot more. Now, is it as much as I'd like it to be, Teddy? No, probably not. And he brings them a different dynamic. I am. Listen, I go, I teeter back and forth on. Devin Singletary, like every week. I am the biggest flip-flopper on whether I like or dislike, want or don't want Devin Singletary. Maybe more than I should. I mean, way more than I should, probably. But where I stand is he is far and away more dynamic with the ball in his hand. I can trust him. At least I feel like I can trust him when he's out there. They're running wide zone, and it looks good. It's effective with him. There are just plays. Devin Singletary can't get to the edge. He just can't get there. He doesn't have the foot speed to do it. He can. I would agree. I want to see more James Cook. I want to see more Naeem Hines and James Cook. They're more they're quicker, they're faster, they're more dynamic. That's where I need this offense going. I think Devin Singletary starting to move forward here has to be a complementary piece. A short yardage back. Get him in the red zone, you know, the the pin and poles and the gap concepts. I want to see I want to see James Cook and I want to see Naeem Hines between between the 20s moving forward.
12: Well, yeah, we need something. I was in the stands today and Absolutely terrible, getting getting raked on by the Jets fans all day long because we couldn't do anything on the ground, couldn't do anything in the air. So you better you better figure something out, right?
0: Yep. Thanks for the call, Teddy. I appreciate you, man. I hear you. I hear you. It's frustrating day, no doubt about it. All right. uh We let's see. Who do we want to listen to? Uh, who do we want to hear from here in the locker room? Ooh, I I know. Uh, let's hear from Deion Dawkins, big left tackle. I had a big penalty call. On that final drive, Um, not that that was really a game changer. The other thing I want to point out too, another missed field goal before the half by Tyler Bass. Not above reproach. Two bad misses in two games that they've lost. They've missed a field goal in the last few seconds of the first half, and they went on to lose by a field goal. So, make the field goals. Anyways, just thought I'd bring that up. Let's hear from Deion Dawkins. It's brought to you by Buffalo Laborers, Local 210.
10: Just seemed like you guys couldn't get anything going in the second half on offense. What do you attribute that to? Uh, It's just football, man.
15: You know, you have your good days, you have your bad days, and sometimes
10: you just don't turn as fluid as
15: possible. I mean, as as fluid as usual, but that's just ball. You know, we're competing against the best people in the league every week, regardless of a record. NFL
10: teams are great you know and hey but but the jets just uh beat us josh just said to the media over there it's tough to win when your quarterback plays like crap And he didn't say crap what what, what do you think about him just you know kind of saying that i'm gonna tell you the truth man uh i love the kid and
15: one thing about josh right josh is always going to put it on himself when it's really not himself so um i ride for him to the end of this world and uh you know um we love josh it's not. It's, it's it's not about Josh. It's it's not about the center. It's not about the running back. It's not about Diggs. It's the whole unit. You know, we win, we lose as a group. It's the coaches. It's all of us. We win and we lose together, and it's all right. You know, uh, we're not born to be perfect, and I for sure wasn't born to to, and to be perfect, and nobody in this locker room was. And uh, losing hurts, no matter. At any level, the highest, the lowest, losing hurts. And, uh, you know, it's just, we took it L today. It's just what it is. You know, this is the NFL. This is one of the uh, best games in the world, you know, and we're happy to compete against the best, and people are going to test us every week as we're going to test them.
14: How much of the pressure issues was their ability as a defensive line or things you guys were doing on your own? Uh, say it again. How much with pressure on the quarterback was that about the Jets' defensive line and their ability, or things that you guys didn't do on your side?
15: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to say it's 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 anything and like that, you know. Uh, they have good players, to, and just like we do, like those guys, and get paid to to rush Josh, and we get paid to block, you know. Like some, like sometimes, you know, like guys are are gonna and get an edge, and sometimes we're gonna stone them, you know. It's just. Game of inches, man. It really is. It's a game of inches, and uh, it is and what it is. All right, that's Bills left tackle Dion
0: Dawkins. A reminder, tomorrow on WGR, it's Buffalo Bills Football Monday, presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy breaking the game down in the morning. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio at 10.00. One Bills Live with Chris Brown, Steve Tasker at noon, Chopin Bulldog at 3, they'll have Eric Wood on with them at 4, and then 8 p.m. it's Monday Night Football as Westwood One presents the, Bill, or the the Ravens at the Saints, I beg your pardon. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. We're going to grab uh, a couple more uh, player sounds from the locker room as well. Daquan Jones, the Bills' big defensive tackle, big one tech. he also met with the media after the game. So here's Daquan Jones, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210.
10: Daquan, it seemed like they had a little success running the ball, especially in the second half and fourth quarter. What do you attribute that to?
16: I mean, it is, they, uh, they're a good football team. We've got to do a better job on the side of the ball, of uh, being more gap sound and being more fundamental, uh, strong. So it's kind of just back to the drawing board and you know, go back there, watch the film uh, tomorrow and see what we can fix. Were they doing anything that you guys
10: didn't see on film? Anything you
16: didn't expect? Uh, no. We, we knew we were going to try to copy a lot of what Green Bay did, and they came in and did that. And uh, we to, like I said, we had to go back on Monday and focus on us and see what we got to fix.
14: Did they copy? A lot? I mean, was it that, that film? That the expectation where they did a lot of what Green Bay did last week? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Is there a concern then that you know that becomes the blueprint for how to run the ball on this team?
16: I, I want to say all that. I think we, once we fix what we got to do, I think we'll be fine.
14: Was there anything different in the last drive? You know, I mean, most of those yards they got was at...
16: 90 whatever yard yeah, drive. The was, a lot of a lot of missed missed tackles and like I said we just got to fix it. Was that fatigue? Was it what would um, bring about missed tackles on the last drive? What I mean they get paid too. You know what I mean? So uh, we just have to uh, you know make the play that you know they come our way.
0: All right. That is Bill's defensive tackle Daquan Jones. Again that was following today's 20 to 17 loss. Uh, one more guy I'd like to hear from uh, here, and I don't know if we have uh, enough time to play the entire bit, uh, is Stefan Diggs. Actually, we won't really have time to play the whole thing, but I'd like to play some of it for you here. So here is Stefan Diggs. He spoke after the game, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210.
2: In the, in the first half, they played a little bit more man, or a lot more man. And You know, in the second half, they did a, little, uh, a lot more too high. That's why we went to the run. We were productive in the run game. Uh, personally, you know, it's not about the person and shit. Like, I just do my job, so... Uh, first half, second half. It's always a different game. They're gonna make adjustments. They did a lot more too high. Uh, they had a long possession on of offense. So, you know, we came out. We ran the ball, ran the ball efficiently. I'm so saying we just had some miscues.
14: Second touchdown drive looked good. Was there any other time where you guys felt like you had it clicked into rhythm there and you were rolling? You know, like
16: we, yeah. like we usually see you
2: rolling. Yeah, we got uh, we got a little bit in a rhythm. I mean, even the first drive, we we got down there. Uh, I feel terrible because I came out. I was a little tired, but. Just as far as like uh, finishing in the red zone, in the red area, and executing at a high level. We knew this game was gonna come down to execution and uh, we didn't execute well.
14: I know, you know, we're not pointing fingers here, but Mm -hmm. it's four of the last five games you guys have at least two giveaways. Yeah. Like, I know Coach Harts on it, we all know the importance of turnovers. How do you kind of nip that in the bud as a team?
2: Yeah, it's like, uh, the turnover battle is so crucial because we try to win it. I'm saying, especially on defense, they try to create turnovers as well. So, uh, you know, it's just a team effort. You know, even special teams can come in there and make, you make some plays in there. So it's not so much nipping in the but just eliminate it. You know what I'm saying? Just eliminate it from happening. It's just it happens. Like, even last week I had a fumble, stuff like that, just honing in on the details. Uh, of course, this game isn't going to be perfect, but the less you shoot yourself in the foot, the more you have a chance to win. You can't win that.
8: We're so used to seeing Josh make plays in the last two weeks. It's been uncharacteristic he's
5: even said its it. Is it- Surprise you to see that and how does that impact the whole team when he's making mistakes? He doesn't normally make
2: I mean, I feel like it's the flow uh, the ebbs and flow of the season. You know good things are gonna happen bad things are gonna happen uh, We've seen Josh make a lot of plays. He made a lot of plays today you know I'm saying it's not uh, it's nothing totally on him especially offensively We work as a unit So as far as like getting back on the grind and get back to being us Turnovers are gonna happen. You know what I'm saying our quarterback is the best quarterback in the league uh, to me He can't do no wrong. You know I'm saying of course. He's gonna be hard on himself. So, uh, from my, from my lens, it's like we can do some things better. But farm your own land. It starts with you were 111. I got to do my job the best way I can. And, you know, I start there. The Team's going through
8: struggles. It typically looks to its quarterback to kind of settle things down. But in this case, the quarterback's struggling a little bit. So what can you guys do uh, around him maybe to, to settle him back into to his group that he was going at at the beginning of the year?
2: I mean, I wouldn't say that he's out of it. Even today, he made a lot of plays. Uh, the, quarterback, the quarterback position is always under a microscope. Good or bad. You know what I'm saying? If you do good, you're the best thing ever. If you have some miscues, a couple, uh, you might be the worst. But with that game with that game right there, you saw him do a lot of great things from the quarterback position. A lot of great throws, uh a lot of good things, running the ball extremely well. It's just that's just that's what comes with the territory. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna be hard on himself. I know it. Rally around your quarterback, especially times like this. 'Cause you know, you know the naysayers or how this go. Uh this game come down to the last drive. We anticipate a lot of games coming like that. Just cause uh, when we play teams, you know they're going to give you your best shot. That's just how it is. But right now, we just get back to the drawing board, um, clean up some stuff, and keep moving forward.
0: All right, that is Bill's wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. We're going to take a timeout. we got QB1. We've got head coach Sean McDermott. We've also got Von Miller. So we got a full slate of more locker room sound coming your way here next. You're listening to The Overtime Show on WGR.